Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. The university where you learn everything that's going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can get from it for your own life. So it's educational, inspirational, what can make it better. Having the sexiest podcast host in North America be centrally whispering into your ear all of this hot goss while I ASMR on the microphone. Try not to get too aroused while you're listening. Um, If it's your first time here, thank you for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. Y'all know I'm obsessed with you when I love you. Today is going to be an amazing episode. We, uh, first of all, we need to celebrate Miley Cyrus's album coming out. I mean, come on now. Huge day for annoying people. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like cool people only listen to Miley. So huge day for cool people, totally not annoying people. Um, check it out if you haven't. I'm going to give a little review midway through. I'm going to review two movies I saw, Cocaine Bear and Scream 6. But the main shit we need to get into today is Cara Delevingne finally telling the whole world that she actually was on drugs and how her life kind of went from top of the world to downward spiral super quick. That's going to be fucking crazy. And then we're going to talk about how the Kardashians are apparently not going to be invited to the Met Gala this year and how Anna Wintour is making the guest list very exclusive and strict. We need to get into all of that information. We're going to talk about Selena Gomez giving a slight apology and who her next boyfriend might be, as well as a what would you like to share with the class segment where one of your peers who sit in this classroom with you are going to spill their guts via me to all of you guys and we can point and laugh at them and just see how crazy your lives are before we get into all of it make sure you rate this podcast five star on spotify and apple podcast you're already here like just do it rate it it would make me happy give me something to be happy about screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story tag me at petty pop culture i will hit you up we can be bffs tell everyone tell your mailman tell your grinder hookup tell your pervy uncle tell them all about the podcast Tuesday Friday class attendance is mandatory without further ado class face forward pay attention pop culture university is in session your face is all in my You know what's the craziest thing about this whole Selena Haley Bieber drama that's been going on this whole effing week? The craziest thing is that I don't think people are even nearly done talking about it. The Selenators aren't going to shut up about this forever. 
we are going to be dealing with this drama and this false narrative for years. And hopefully Selena Gomez will expose herself. She'll get caught in her manipulative lies one way or another. But yes, I'm not really Team Selena. If you haven't really listened to the whole podcast, you would know why. I think Selena is a fakey McFaker, fake fake. And she is a wolf in sheep's clothing who is a bully dressed as the victim. And it seems like Selena is starting to realize, mm, maybe, I'm, maybe I should feel guilty for this. Maybe I'm a bad person. Because if you remember last episode, I was kind of saying how even if Selena doesn't get caught for causing all Justin Bieber's ex-girlfriends and wife to get bullied, she still is an instigator and she still is going to have to deal with the karma of it all. And the world moves on. Another day, another drama, drama. But not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. And yeah, the world moves on. But one thing's for sure. Maybe Haley got hers, but Selena will get hers. Anyway, Selena commented on her own TikTok post and said, Thank you all and love you so much. I'm deeply grateful for each and every one of you humans. I hate her. You make me unbelievably happy. Please, please be kinder and consider others' mental health. My heart has been heavy. And I only want good for everyone. All my love. Ugh. It just irks me so bad because in, in this message that she's sending to, to the world, please, please be kinder and consider other people's mental health is the most like inefficient, disrespectful, scarecrow, straw man, weak apology for the amount of hate she has sent like someone's way and it's again her trying to continue that narrative of i've always been miss kind lady why can't we all just sing ring around the rosy and throw flower petals in the air and we can why can't we just get along like we did in middle school she says my heart has been heavy and i only want the good for everyone she her heart has been heavy because she knows what she's done this message to me she's admitting guilt my heart has been heavy and I only want good for everyone. Translated in my brain is, oh my God, I totally know what I did. Oh my God, I know Haley Bieber said in the past that she may unalive herself. Oh my God, I executive produced 13 reasons why. Oh my God, everyone could clearly put together that I am a bully because I left really hateful messages on random old TikToks and manipulate people to get away with it and have been doing this for years. But then she says, please be kinder and consider other people's mental health. I feel like that's her saying, I feel bad and I am sorry, but I also need to keep manipulating you so you keep thinking I'm Miss Kind Lady. This is her saying, yeah, this is kind of my fault, but as long as I say this, I'm not responsible for anything that happens to Hailey Bieber. Tee love you. Go by Rare Beauty because you have a little blemish on your cheek. I didn't want to tell you, but you should go by Rare Beauty. Who says, who says you're not perfect? Who says you're not worth that? Who says you're the only one that's heard at? Trust me, that's the price of beauty. Just $19.99 for each makeup brush. That's the price of beauty here at Rare Beauty. Oh, that it, that's that's kind of interesting. I never thought about that. What is the price of beauty? I don't know. I don't really buy Rare Beauty. Pfft. I buy Road skincare. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I buy Rem Beauty. Duh. And you guys might be like, oh my God, Patty, you are the op. 
you are so fake. You're Team Selena. How dare you? You're the enemy. Let's let's tie him up and call him a witch and burn him at the stake. And I'll go, Balenciaga, if you guys do burn me. But at the same time, like, don't act like you weren't a Selena hater when it was cool to hate Selena, like, two years ago. Remember when Selena Gomez almost got bullied out of the music industry? She said she was literally going to quit making music because people would disrespect her too much. Uh, she would always see herself going viral on Twitter for people discounting her talent for people clowning her for thinking that her streams are fake i would see tweets all the time where like some news outlet would tweet selena gomez was one of the highest stream females of the year and a quote tweet of that tweet would be who the fuck is streaming this bitch like her fans must be like hiding out somewhere because I, I never see a selena fan out in public people used to say that shit people would be like i don't know one selena fan and now suddenly everyone's been a selena fan forever I see TikToks this week of people like, so excited for Selena's new album. She's always been the queen. She's always been the vocalist of our generation. Oh my God, she gives me ear orgasms. I love her. I would do anything for her. It's like, where was that energy two years ago? I was actually defending her two years ago being like, no, she does have talent. She's a great singer. She shouldn't be bullied out of the music industry. You guys just want her to. Y'all you, literally almost bullied her out of the industry. It's And, and now you love her? Fickle. Fake, phony, flip-flop, flippy-flip, flopping ass, bitch. It's so frustrating. Where was the Selena Gomez hate when, like, now that she deserves it? <laughs> you know? And no, I don't hate Selena Gomez. But people deserve to be called out on certain things. I I, I do sh shitty things. You know, I do shitty things sometimes. I should be called out on them. Does that mean I'm a totally horrible person? No. You probably do less than optimal things sometimes when you're in a messy mood. We can call you out on it. Do we hate you? No. We're all just talking shit. Cutting it up, having a good time. I don't hate Selena Gomez, but it's just interesting to me hearing all this, you know? So guess who just followed Selena Gomez? Guess. Have you guessed yet? Wanna, like, I just know this man is so messy. I know this man who likes to pretend he is above us all and doesn't go on social media and doesn't open his phone and, like, lives in a field somewhere in Europe and just lives his life. I knew he was messy and goes on his phone and is totally toxic and loves all the toxic drama because he can't resist it because that's just who he is in his nature. I feel like him and Selena would make a good match. The person I'm talking about is Zayn Malik. He just followed her on Instagram and guess what? She followed him back. <laughs> that could be good. They could, they could really make that work. They clearly have a lot in common with their shady ways but zane is more upfront uh confrontational you know he's not the type to sneak diss on tiktok like selena he's the type to shove your mom into a dresser and call her a fucking dutch slut and then go on probation so maybe they don't but let's just be real they are both such attractive humans selena gomez and zane malik and they would make the most gorgeous human together like that child would be fucking gorgeous a fucking supermodel and i used to always say like the hottest male celebrity to me is zayn malik and the hottest female celebrity to me is Gigi hadid and i do think their kid is gonna is gonna grow up to be gorgeous and a model but zayn and selena's kid would really give zayn and Gigi's kid a run for their damn money i would like die for zayn i want zayn to place my skull in between his thighs and then centrally count down from 10 and then slam his thighs together and break my skull. He is so gorgeous. 
his eyelashes, his beard, his eyes. If Selena doesn't try it, I'm going to try it. What was I talking about? Sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking about Zane. I totally forgot what I was talking about. Anyway, I think Zayn is kind of a flop, though. Like, he never releases music. He doesn't seem to communicate with his fans. I'm not a big 1D girl, but people seem to really be disenchanted with him at this point. They don't really want anything to do with Zayn. I'm, I'm getting so off topic. Oh, yeah. Selena Gomez already has beef with Bella Hadid because Bella Hadid used to date The Weeknd and Selena likes to terrorize any girl who used to be with one of her exes. And Selena Gomez posted that thing where she was like, I wish I was as pretty as Bella Hadid. Just so her fans would go call Bella Hadid ugly so Selena Gomez could feel better about herself. So Bella related to... Well, Bella would be Zayn's kid aunt. Oh, that'd be awkward. But I could see Selena doing that. She goes low. Anyway, speaking of Selena Gomez, let's talk about her friend, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne was definitely a part of my childhood for sure. She introduced me to the concept of a nepotism baby. Now, if you don't know Cara Delevingne, she's not the most A-list of the A-list, but at one point she really was coming for the A-list crown. She was the original supermodel nepotism baby of our generation. Uh, and when I say our, I mean maybe like the Gen Z generation because we kind of grew up watching her career rise from like 2011 to like 2018-ish. She was a Victoria's Secret supermodel at a very young age, I think right when she turned 18, she was, you know, walking the runway with the big wings. She was doing the thing with Kendall and Gigi Hadid. She was a part of the Nepo Baby supermodel squad. And that's clearly gotten Kendall and Gigi very far. So she was A-list, A-list, A-list. She won British Model of the Year 2012 and 2014. Sounds pretty impressive to me. The Brits got some pretty fit people over there. And she beat them all out for Model of the Year. She was an actress in Suicide Squad, Paper Towns, Valerian. She was really taking over the whole industry. And though she was an nepotism baby, she seemed to have that work ethic where she was using this opportunity for good. Some nepotism babies like Brooklyn Beckham are just lazy. And that's why they really haven't achieved much. But Cara Delevingne was not. And she was really... She, it seemed as though she was going to be the next like Sidney Crawford or who's like a big model turned actress. Like, runaway model turned actress. Do runaway models go to acting? Maybe like Heidi Klum. Sure. She could have totally been that. Her personality was great. She was friends with, like, everyone. So, no doubt her personality was great. She was in Taylor Swift's squad, the most elite girl squad to ever exist, who made me feel like I had no friends and I could never possibly have so many pretty cool people who care about me. Totally made me feel shitty about my social life, but I loved it. Taylor Swift's iconic squad. She was in the Bad Blood music video. And girl, in 2015, anybody who was everybody, everybody who was anybody was in the Bad Blood music video. If you weren't in the Bad Blood music video, you may as well just move out of Hollywood because you're broke. Anyway, she was also friends with Selena Gomez. They were like kissing at a basketball game the other day. Not like in a dating way, just in a like, uh, like I'm hanging out with Cara Delamine way. Like I'm going to have to kiss her because she's kind of crazy like that. She was, of course, friends with Megan Thee Stallion. And that's kind of where all the drama started with Cara Delevingne. This girl who's friends with everyone and on top of the world. When she emerged in 2022, you probably remember this moment because it was all over the news. 
we didn't really see her for a year or so before, kind of just because of COVID. So we didn't really think much about it. But when she emerged in 2022, she was raising a lot of eyebrows. She was totally different. It seemed as though she was possessed by a new personality. She was not getting as much work last year or the year before 2021. It seems like she kind of was falling apart before our eyes. And we were shocked by the downfall and the new car that we were seeing. There were photos of her getting leaked all of 2022 everywhere and videos of her where she was walking really strange. She looked like she was moving in catatonic ways, almost like a zombie. Like she couldn't control herself. Like she was like bending over halfway and then twirling and flipping her hair up. She looked like Britney Spears Instagram, but like if Britney Spears didn't want to do that, like Britney's just having fun. Cara looks like these were like involuntary movements. She was like twitching. Like her eyes couldn't stay straight. Her complexion was pale and grayish. Her hair was very messed up, very disheveled. And yeah. Then at the Billboard Music Awards 2022, shit hit the fan. She was having her full like public breakdown, like Lindsay Lohan moment, because she came as Megan Thee Stallion's plus one. And she was on the red carpet. And she was like harassing Megan Thee Stallion. She wouldn't like just let Megan take the photo. She was hiding behind the red carpet wall and like peeking out and photographers were taking photos of her peeking out and like of Megan, but with her in the background, she was taking Megan Stone's dress and throwing it in the air and just like ruining her paparazzi photos. And people are like, okay, like why is she acting like this? This is the first event she's been to in a while. Why is she acting so strange? By the way, I walked to that same red carpet. Oh, I was at the billboard music awards 2022 I like how I like always bring that up. I was like, you know, you know, I was there, right? I'll go to another one one day and then we can talk about that one. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like interesting that I was there and like seeing this from a distance the whole time because I was sat on the opposite side as them. I was still like on the floor and close to the stage, but I kind of just saw the back of their heads. But while they were in their seats, you can see videos online of Car like interrupting Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion when they're just trying to have their hot girl conversation and not want this wild girl barging in and interrupting everything they're saying. Like it's annoying for sure. And people were confused why Megan even brought Kara. But I think what happened was now I know Kara was out in Vegas just with her friends partying and she ran into Megan and Megan like accidentally invited her. And I think Megan kind of knew her status of like her addiction at that point. And she just wanted to be a good friend because there's videos of Megan like, being really protective of her at the awards show, but also videos of her looking like, what the fuck are you doing, Kara? So I think Megan was just being a good person, trying to keep her safe and tagged along and close to her so she wouldn't make a fool of herself. And Megan's a really amazing woman for that. But when Megan won her award that night, the camera panned to Megan and Kara's almost licking her face. She has her tongue out all over her face. People are like, put your tongue away. Fast forward just a week later, and Cara gets off a plane from a music festival, and she lands back in LA. And when she's getting off this plane, she was like walking her dog, because the dog was on the plane with her, and she almost steps on her dog. The dog looks like scared and tries to like run away from her. She's bending, and 
just moving in a really strange way and her hair just looks so odd. And then there was a photo of her going into our apartment and a little plastic bag falls out of her purse that clearly had some white powder in it. So it all just seemed like we were watching Cara Delevingne's downfall. And that's really unfortunate. I would hate to be in her shoes and then I accidentally drop the bag and everyone already thinks of me like that. And then this happens, I'd be like, oh God, I can't even act right and now they see this it would definitely be stressful and i do feel for her because addiction is definitely a disease and i i do feel bad but this was just such a headline last year people were tweeting things like quote on a scale of one to car delavine how good were your drugs last night oh my god someone tweeted megan Lee stallion when cara delavine sneezes on her face and it's a picture of someone with white powder all over their face Someone tweeted, I'm actually concerned for Cara Delevingne and her obvious drug problem is nobody around her to get help. This person said, all these Cara Delevingne videos are so funny. She's, she seems actually so sweet, but she's defo on drugs. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. Like She seems like a really sweet girl, but she seems like she's definitely on drugs. The rumors of her being on drugs have existed for a long time. Apparently she was that surprising go-to girl for good drugs in LA. That's kind of wild. Apparently she would always have the good stuff. Those Nepo babies, maybe she got it from her dad or they even have the Nepo cocaine, even have the better cocaine. Who knows? Anyway, after all of that in 2022, I was worried for her and her health and how this is going to affect her because when you have all that power, all that money and you're so young, that is a recipe for disaster, especially if you are a bit of, if you're a little affluent, you have affluenza because you grew up that way. You don't really know how to stop yourself, control yourself, take responsibility for yourself. It could have ended super bad. She could have died. And she even said that she just came clean about everything in a Vogue interview and told the world, yes, I was struggling with drugs. So everyone's theories were correct. You guys were right. You called it. I really love how real she was about everything, though. She dived into everything. She told us everything. And it actually makes me respect her so much. Like, I think she's such a cool girl. I would hang out with her. I think she's lovely and so brave. And I don't know. This is what she said about the photos that were circulating of her acting strange and looking a bit disheveled, as I said. She describes the paparazzi photos as a source of overwhelming shame and embarrassment and an urgent wake-up call to step away from substances and the alcohol that had long seduced her with their offer of escape and to confront deeper personal issues that she's been running away from. When she was returning from Burning Man, oh, that's the music festival she was coming back from. When she was returning from Burning Man, she said, I hadn't slept, I was not okay. She was going to another work engagement and she said, quote, it's heartbreaking because I thought I was having fun. But at some point, it was like, okay, I don't look well. You know, sometimes you need a reality check. So in a way, those pictures were something to be grateful for. I love how she doesn't just only feel the embarrassment and shame. And, like, and I'm not saying she should feel embarrassment and shame. I just think that's a natural human reaction. But I'm so glad that she can be like, okay, those photos were actually for a good thing. And I realized it was getting too far. And she didn't let it get further than just a wake-up call that she was kind of having last year. Because last year was bad, but she didn't die. She 
could have if she continued i think for another year but thank god she saw those pictures for something good she said that um the reason she kind of turned to drugs which was surprising to me was because it's always been her way to numb problems but especially self-hatred and insecurity and i think being a nepotism baby not to come to their defense or say that their life is hard <laughs> but it would be hard growing up in the industry from the time you're a kid to your 20s because we know all the traumatic mental illness insecurity shit that happens when you're like a teenager and your 20s and just imagine how amplified that would be if you are having to be so 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 skinny for the Victoria's Secret fashion show being compared to Kendall and Gigi Hadid being in Taylor Swift squad compared to the most beautiful women in Hollywood and being an actress and having these high expectations so self-hatred and insecurity could easily come just simply by the standard that you were born into so in a way I don't necessarily envy Cara because I am such a delicate snowflake sunflower I probably would crack under the pressure I would have to just flee the country and like never be seen again I would just pull a Zane I'd be like I can't work with anyone anymore i need to go off the grid and at at a ranch sorry can't deal with it but anyway she kind of continued talking up talking about uh her backstory and why she would do these drugs and she said in a way a lot of people have looked at my childhood or my family and thought she spoiled there's nepotism she grew up extremely privileged which i did don't get me wrong but life wasn't easy but life wasn't all that easy for other reasons. Damn, she's so real. She, she's a real ass bitch. I get why she was in everyone's friend group. The way she's saying, yeah, I did drugs. Yeah, I'm a deposition baby. So what? Like, she's really just laying it all out there. She said, yeah, I saw those photos. I, I favorited the tweets too, bitch. I saw them. She's so fucking real. She's really telling us everything. And she's being really, like, she's not really making excuses. She was like, yeah, I'm getting out of hand. I have nepotism. Sorry, try my best. I love that for her. But she said the reason for her binge last year, 2022, was because she was turning 30. She said, quote, I told myself I should be having a good time. I've got all my friends here. I just need to enjoy this. The house I was staying in had a tower and I would just kind of lock myself in it instead. I barely left my room. She describes the feeling of foreboding as like a slowly beating drum inside. There was this need for change, but I was fighting it so much. I was welcoming in this new time, but I was also grieving. It was like a funeral for my previous life, a goodbye to an era. And so I decided I was going to party as hard as I could because this was the end. So I feel like her insecurity and by her childhood and then growing into adulthood kind of combined for this awful cocktail of, oh my God, where am I in my life? I just need to numb every single feeling I've ever had. She said at one point she would self-harm a bit and do stupid things that could accidentally kill her, like jumping off a of furniture or... Um, just not wearing shoes in certain places and being very reckless in situations that could have easily got her killed. And she said, quote, this is very scary. Um, All I knew if I was going to continue to go down this road, I was. I would either end up dead or doing something really, really stupid. For sure. And her family was planning an intervention for her. We just found out. They were coordinating it and putting the whole thing together last year, but it never came into fruition because car got help by herself and got herself clean do you remember the photos of margot robbie leaving cara delevingne's house crying 
everyone's like, oh my God, what, what the fuck is happening? And this was last year when the photos were everywhere and people like, Kara is probably downward spiraling and Margot Robbie is so concerned for her. You know those conversations you have with people where you feel bad for them or you know they are feeling really down or they're kind of in a sticky situation, but you need to be strong for them. So you cry after you leave the conversation on your way home or something. That's what I felt Margaret Robbie was doing. You can tell she like just broke into tears outside of Kara's house and oh, it was so sad. But Kara, as I said, did get clean. She's doing so much better. And she said that um, people just want my story to be this after school special where I just say, oh, look, I was an addict and now I'm not. I'm sober and that's it. Uh, but she said it's not as simple as that. She said, today I'm enjoying I'm enjoying sobriety. It's one of my favorite things to go out, dance, have a good time, but actually have deep conversations with people. She said that she prefers to use the term healing instead of recovery because working on her sobriety seems like something that she's constantly doing. I love that. I feel like recovery kind of means like one day you'll be totally recovered and healing kind of means like it's like when you have a wound, it never like fully recovers as there's going to be scars and it won't always be the same. So I just like the feeling of like a healing wounds and things from your past. But yeah, I, I, I noticed she was doing better these last few months. And I, for a part of me was like, okay, are we just not going to acknowledge last year? Or are we just going to like, you know, not talk about it now that she looks better? Cause I just saw her on the James Corden show and she has a new Netflix show called planet sex or something. And something else. She just... Oh, she's in Only Murderers in the Building with Selena Gomez. So it seems like she was doing good. So I was very happy for her. But I was like, come on. We can't overlook that. We need to talk about that car. So I think she's a real ass bitch for doing that. She said she wants to remove all of her tattoos for a fresh start. I think that's kind of sad that she wants to remove them and like has a negative memory attached to them. But anyway, I've been talking about this for a while. What can we learn from this? About the tattoos part, I just want to say what we can learn is that I feel like all, like also about the photos, how she wasn't embarrassed of them and she like will look at them and say, okay, there was a good reason for those things. The tattoos, I feel like her erasing them means she wants to forget a part of her past or just be a different person and kind of like not love her past self. But I don't like that. I, I used to be someone who was so embarrassed of any past mistake I made or any version of me in the past that just isn't me now, I'd get so embarrassed. I wouldn't even let my friends send them, like, send me Snapchat memories. I hate how Snapchat does that. They have to show you how ugly you looked not only two years ago, but three, four, five, six, and seven years ago. I turn Snapchat memories off. I can't look at them. I don't like looking at any past version of myself. But lately, I've been very okay with accepting my past and embracing it and being like, yeah, that was me. I didn't look the best. That was cringy. That was embarrassing. What was I doing in life? But it's like, that was still me. That was still a version of me. Um, I was still conscious and thinking, you know, in the same brain. So why would I trash that person? That person was just doing their best. Maybe they weren't doing the right things, but they were doing their best. And it's like so empowering to embrace the old you rather than cover it up or not acknowledge it. And I feel like if you're someone who would rather not look at old photos or would rather not talk about things that happened in the past, like even when my friends, we'd be laughing together, be like, oh, like, remember when you did that to me and just bring up a random story, I would get triggered. I'd be like, oh, can we not talk about anything that happened like more than two years ago? But now I'm very more 
receptive to it. And I'm like, yeah, I did do that. And that was kind of funny. And I love myself for that because there's no point not to. What did Miley Cyrus say? Even though it's not who I am, I'm not afraid of who I used to be. No one stays the same. You know what goes up must come down. So you're going to go up and down in life, but there's no point to not acknowledge it. You learn from it. You grow from it. And I think what else we can learn from Kara, uh, you know, turning to drugs for her to escape from her problems. I think we can learn that confronting your problems head on will fix your problems faster than you think they will. And erasing or like putting a bandaid on it with vices yeah, it will fix them temporarily, but they'll come back stronger than before, quicker than before. But there's so much power in just having bravery for like two minutes to just let yourself really sit with your problems and think about them and start to heal. And that will get you on your journey to really being free of them. Um, you will find your peace, not by trying to escape your problems, but by confronting them courageously. You will find peace, not in denial, but in victory. And only by facing your demons can you stop them from having power over you. Okay, not to make light of drug use and cocaine, since we just talked about Cara Delevingne <laughs> doing drugs and using cocaine. But I do want to talk about the movie Cocaine Bear. And um, lightheartedly and kind of glorifyingly talk about cocaine. So let's talk about Cocaine Bear. If you did not know what the movie cocaine bear is i saw it this weekend because they sent me the funniest pr package in my whole life it's like a new horror comedy this year and you guys holy fuck you've never seen a horror movie like this it's based on a true story of when drug dealers or smugglers or something were flying over a certain forest preserve in america and they threw a bunch of bags of cocaine out of the window and so there's like like hundreds of millions like i think they said 15 million dollars worth of cocaine just laying in some forest somewhere all dispersed in different red bags and i think someone made up this concept in their mind what if a bear got into the cocaine and there's a bear somewhere in the wild who's uh hopelessly addicted to cocaine who's hitting the slopes with his nose even when the slopes are closed you know what if there is a bear who's a cocaine addict because these drug dealers drop their cocaine out of the sky so they sent me the funniest fucking PR package in the world. I didn't even know they were sending me one. My sister says, hey, there's something on the porch for you. And it says cocaine bear on it. I'm like, I didn't order cocaine. <laughs> um, I do not do that. No judgment. Not, not, not about that life right now. I have enough issues going on. I feel like that would just exacerbate them. Can't do it. But maybe one day can be for fun. <laughs> but I was like, I have an order cocaine, but I open it and it's a red bag that looks like a drug bag. And then you unzip the bag and there's a bunch of white confetti that looks like just a bag full of cocaine. 
so hilarious and just the funniest PR package. It put such a smile on my face. I was like, whoever produced this movie, genius comedic writers, the marketing team, genius. Elizabeth Banks produced it and she's a fucking icon. But then then you go deeper in the PR package and there's like, they, they, they gave me a shirt, but they wrapped it like a kilo of cocaine in like a brown and duct taped like block. I opened it. It was the funniest shirt that says, I saw a bear do cocaine. And then there was gummy bears that were just white and super small cocaine bags. Kind of like the one that fell out of Kara's pocket. Super small cocaine bags. And there was like wrapped up money that was a straw that looked like money that you would roll up to snort some cocaine. What else was there? Oh, and then there was, oh, this is the funniest part. It's the funniest part. There were coasters in the bag that when you put them on your table, it looks like four lines of cocaine just spread out on your table. Like the coaster is black, so you would need a black table, but just four lines of powder. It was so hilarious. So I had to go see it. I was like, they can't send me this and I just don't, you know, go fucking watch it. I didn't even hear of it, but they made a surprisingly great movie out of a bear that does cocaine it was surprisingly captivating there i've never seen like it was just such a unique horror story villain and it was a horror comedy so it was fucking scary fucking hilarious so many characters getting eaten by this bear and this bear doesn't even want them he just wants the cocaine oh the bear is actually a woman and woman stories matter (laughs) so (laughs) That's another reason you should go see it. But it's such a good story because there's these drug dealers trying to get their cocaine back in the forest. So they're not going to leave the forest until they get that bag or a bunch of these bags. But then there's detectives trying to catch the drug dealers. So they're not leaving the forest until they catch them. So there's just all these people who refuse to leave simultaneously. This bear is killing anyone who could potentially have cocaine. And I won't spoil it, but it was just really funny and good and you should see it surprisingly amazing i felt like oh my god there's a scene in the movie where the bear turns out to be a woman and she has kids so the little bears are also addicted to cocaine and she's bringing kilos of cocaine back to her cubs in this cave hysterical i feel like it was the direct sequel to brother bear the movie from disney where the bears talk to each other and the humans are like I don't know, they have beef with the bears, but a human turns into a bear and then can't understand the humans, but he wants to stay a bear forever so he can always understand the bear. I feel like it's the direct sequel to Brother Bear. But now all the bears are just addicted to cocaine. It was slapstick comedy, but fun, wild chase and death scenes wrapped up with a pretty good plot. And the whole insanity of it was just, imagine getting your face eaten off by the cocaine bear. You know, I would rather come into contact with the weed bear or the Xanax bear. (laughs) Not the cocaine bear. Not the molly bear. Not the heroin bear. None of those bears. But the Xanax bear, sure. We we can chill. They want to make cocaine bear a franchise now. That'd be amazing. But with different animals every time. Oh my god. Gold. Literally gold. I hope they have a sequel. I think it did pretty good at the box office. You should watch it, stream it, buy it. I feel like the animal they should do next. I was I was talking about my friends with this. I was like, what animal should be on cocaine next? Maybe like cocaine coyote, cocaine rats, like in New York or something. But then one of my friends said cocaine kangaroo. 
Oh my God. So amazing. Cocaine kangaroo. Because kangaroos are like in people in Australia's backyard anyway. Like I'm sure Iggy Azalea has to fight off some kangaroos in between taking her OnlyFans pictures. I'm sure Chris Hemsworth is so strong because he's had to chokehold a few of them. Do you see the videos where cocaine... Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> the videos where kangaroos are at people's back doors, like punching the door. They want to fight them. They hold grudges. They don't like let shit go. So imagine one on cocaine. Perfect has to be the sequel. I, I just want to talk about Scream 6 super quick. I just saw it. I'm not going to spoil anything. So it's going to be a really light spoiler-free review. If you're a Scream fan, Scream 6 is very good. It's scary. Great, scary movie. It is one of those horror movies, unfortunately, you do have to see the previous ones to get it. You can appreciate it if you haven't seen them, but you should at least see the first movie and the fifth movie, just because the sixth is a direct sequel to the fifth. But I've never dealt with such a suspenseful horror movie in my life. I was just in the theater before this, and I wanted to almost like just scream like, can we pause? Can we take a break? I need to calm down for a second. Truly, my heart was pounding out of my chest. Never more suspense in my whole life. It was so gore. Gore, gore galore. Gory whore. So gory. Um, the plot was very good. It was very well done. The killer reveal was a little bit of a letdown. Is like, eh. A little bit goofy. But the whole thing was very good. So if you're a Scream fan, go check it out. It just opened today in box office. And I still think Emma Roberts was the best Scream killer of all time in Scream 4. Fucking incredible. She is the Scream queen. And she was in the show Scream Queens. I feel like she was the like the millennials Scream queen, whereas Jenna Ortega is like the Gen Z Scream queen. Jenna Ortega was fucking phenomenal in this film. She's so pretty. She's so good at being the final girl and being fierce, but also playful and so funny. Like she makes horror very scary, but adds in a little bit of comedy. That's so necessary for horror. Cause horror is innately a little comedic just because of how ridiculous it is. She did amazing. Go check it out. I want to talk about Miley Cyrus's album super quick. I want to give you my Patty pop culture review. If you haven't, heard it girl you need to go check it out it's so good endless summer vacation best title she could have given that when i first heard the title i was like oh wow first of all it's giving phineas and firm there's 104 days of summer vacation and school comes along just to end at so the annual problem of our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe building a rocket or climbing a mummy or Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist or giving a monkey a shower. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before school starts this fall. So stick with us because Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. So stick with us because Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. So yeah, I think Endless Summer Vacation is was a really bold title, but it made sense when you listen to it because it's just full of like songs that make you feel so sexy and empowered and in love and like you won't let anyone fuck with you. It makes me feel how I feel when I have my summer body that I've worked hard for and I feel like a bad bitch in my swimsuit and I just want to like dance and flaunt and have fun. I want to have a 
fun day at the beach with my friends to this song where we all feel sexy and take the best beach photos we've ever taken in our lives. It's a lovely mix of rock, pop, and dance. Her new single, River, is very dancey. Um, I, I really like it. It gives 90s supermodel vibes. Just the beat and the per, uh, percussion and lyrics. The music video also gives 90s as well. She's kind of just strutting with her long legs and sexy waist and hair. That's how I see Miley. So I think this new single will be very successful, just like Flowers. People are always like, wow, Miley's aging so well, even though she did all those drugs. I'm like, excuse me, bitch. She's 30. <laughs> First of all, no, duh, she's aging well. She hasn't really aged. And second of all, you act like she's been doing the hardest drugs there are for 50 years. She, I don't think she did anything that crazy. Maybe some Molly, some weed, maybe some cocaine, but she was just living her life. I like her new raspy post-drugs voice way more also. The Hannah Montana voice was fun, but I like the rasp. It's so rock and it's just so her vibe. Like like other singers wouldn't jeopardize their voice like that. Ariana Grande is so precious about her voice, as she should be. She didn't even want to scream on set of Scream Queens because she didn't want to like ruin her vocal cords at all. What a diva. So much respect. But Miley Cyrus literally was fake taking fat rips out of that bong every night. She said, give me a fat rip every night. And her voice actually just got better. Definitely a calculated risk. It gives me almost a similar vibe as Harry's House, that one album of the year last year. I could see Miley being a big contender for this year as well. Because it's soft, dancey pop. Kind of like Harry's was. Like his was radio-friendly pop but also had a really vintage indie vibe to it. His album wasn't trying too hard, and that's why it hit. I feel like music today that's obviously trying too hard to try to land on the radio, for example, Sweetest Pie by Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa, that was trying way too hard. And I think that's why that song wasn't quite as successful as it could have been, whereas Harry Styles' house, let, um, his songs like Music in a Sushi Restaurant, uh, Late Night Talking, As It Was... They were so infectiously pop, but soft in a way that wasn't trying to drill into your head and impress you too much. And that's why it was impressive. And that's what this gives me. Overall, she's just a fantastic talent. And these haters should shut the fuck up, back the fuck off, and let her just shine. So yeah, go stream Endless Summer Vacation by Miley Cyrus. Okay, let's move on. So, Anna Wintour. She's kind of known for the Bob. What's your name, B.O.B.? So they're calling you Bob. Stop playing. You know that I'm known for the Bob. Anna Wintour, who also is kind of known for the Bob, is truly the devil in Prada. Because she is not inviting any of the Kardashian-Jenners to the Met Gala this year. outrage i am outraged i'm livid i'm going to write a missive i'm going to write her a very strongly worded email and it is going to get to her apparently anna wintour who is the editor she's, she's like the chief editor the head of vogue so she thinks she's all that in a bag of chips 
she is apparently cracking down on the guest list at this Met Gala this year. And she's going to be very strict about who attends. And it's going to be much smaller than last year. I don't know if you remember, 2022, everyone and their fucking mom was there. No shade to the people I'm about to name. Madison Beer, why was she there? Because Selfish got 100 million streams. It wasn't that big of a song. Sabrina Carpenter, nonsense. She shouldn't have been there. Addison Ray, yeah, she's a bad bleep. But what else is she doing besides being gorgeous and being in kind of a flop Netflix film? Nothing. Where's the album, Addison? Come save pop. Will you save us, Addison Ray? Is it too late? Who else shouldn't have been there? Cardi B. Never mind. Apparently, this year is just going to be many less people. Cuts are being made. And of all people, the Kardashians didn't make the cut. This would be the first year that none of them have gone in over a decade. And a source told Page Six that the famous family is just not going to make the cut this year. And Vogue had no comment on such statements. This is just such a big deal to me because when you think the Met Gala, you think the most A-list, glamorous, relevant, famous celebrities. And it's really just like the red carpet of fame. It's the one night where you get to dress in the most absurd outfit, not only absurd, expensive and magnificently designed by a designer that invited you for a $25,000 invitation. It's the most just grandeur, some would call disgusting. Um, there's there's other words for like in like indulging in that level of fame and like money. I just can't think of them right now, but it's just indulgent into that whole world in a shameless way that I just live for. And when you think of all that stuff, you think of the Kardashians. You think of Kim having the most talked about outfit every year. She closes that damn carpet every fucking year. And Anna doesn't want to invite her. Do you want your event to be irrelevant, babe? Kim had the most talked about outfit literally every year she went. Name one person who had a more talked about outfit last year. No one. Kim Kardashian lost 16 pounds in three weeks. She got an Ozempic. (laughs) She injected that uh, self-injectable pen right into her stomach every day. And this is the thing she gets. She brought Pete Davidson, that clout-chasing D-head. And this is the thing she gets. And then the year, even the year before that, she had the black silhouette because the message she was sending was, I am so famous, I don't need the Met Gala. The Met Gala needs me. And it's so fucking true. The message she was sending with the silhouette outfit was, I am so famous, just the outline of my body is going to get the most attention tonight. It was such a statement piece. Oh my God, she's such a legend. Almost as if she saw herself getting disrespected by the Met Gala one day. But seriously, in a world where a lot of revered annual events in the pop culture zeitgeist are slowly becoming irrelevant, for example, the Grammys, they're slowly becoming irrelevant. For example, the Victoria Secret Fashion Show, that became irrelevant because it was turned against by the public. These pillars in our annual calendar as pop culture lovers are starting to go away because they don't know how to grasp the attention of Gen Z. The Mecca needs to play their cards right. 
if it wants to maintain its public attention. And the biggest cheat code in the industry to get clout, get attention, is by just inviting a Kardashian. So the fact that she does not want to invite any of them seems like self-sabotage. seems like the worst move she could possibly make. And the Met Gala depends on celebrities wanting to come because the tickets are so goddamn expensive. No celebrity is going to want to come if it's not going to boost their profile or get a bunch of eyes on them. And yes, the Kardashians kind of steal the spotlight every year. It kind of becomes a Kardashian gala once they step on that carpet. But still, all the celebrities are getting more attention by the Met Gala itself getting more attention. So if Anna wanted more people to come, she should invite all of them. Yes, Kylie doesn't knock it out of the park every time, but when she does, it's such a fucking serve. That purple outfit with the purple fluffy sleeves, it was giving Marie Antoinette, giving I literally could give less of a fuck about my customers that made me a billion dollars on Kylie Cosmetics. I am just so rich and famous with Stormy. Like, let them eat cake. Kylie gives me Marie Antoinette, but all her looks at the Met Gala at least she's giving us moments. Kendall has never looked bad at the Met Gala, ever. That's a fact. I can shit on Kendall all day. You, you all can hate Kendall for the drama going on right now. She has never looked bad once. She eats up that carpet, leaves no fucking crumbs. She's gorgeous. It's undeniable. Her 2021 look, oh my God, she looks so good. Chris, meh, like we all love Chris Jenner. She kind of just goes to watch her daughters attend. And Courtney and Chloe just got to go to their first one last year. And damn, they ruined it for the whole family. I could totally see if Courtney went into the Met Gala and just started like disrespecting everyone. She was like, are you serving non-vegan steak at the Met Gala? Is there candy with pesticides and chemicals in them here at the Met Gala? Anna, this is so embarrassing for your soul to serve us this food. Like, I feel like Courtney would just ruin it for everyone. But the Kardashians are the Met Gala. And it's crazy that Kim went from a time in her life from never thinking she'd be invited to the Met Gala and only going her first year because she was Kanye's plus one to now being at a place where people might not even care about it if she's not there. That just encapsulates how dumb of a decision this would be for the future of the Met Gala. And even the first year Kim went, it was very clearly her carpet. She got the most talked about outfit that year when she looked like a couch because she was pregnant with North in that Flora outfit. People were calling her Shamu the Whale. But it was a moment. Like, she looked amazing. And we can never forget the first public appearance she made after getting bound, gagged, and robbed at gunpoint in Paris was the Met Gala in that white urethral outfit. And yes, I said urethral, but I know it's ethereal. I just think it's funny to say urethral because, ew, a urethra? Gross. Kim has done so much for the Met Gala, and they'll really fall victim to no longer being relevant if they don't play their cards right. The Kardashians only raised the stock of this event. So this this is a very bad choice. Anna Wintour.
I've had the most stressful weekend of my life. First of all, the Andrew Tate fans got me like banned from TikTok for a few days because I basically said he should have died of cancer. <laughs> we talked about that last episode, though. I'm allowed to joke about it since it's not real. And he literally lied about having cancer so he could get out of jail. And he has said that he would literally let his male friends die if they were fatally ill because he would only give CPR to a hot female. So he's like, he's an awful person. And everyone's saying it on Twitter. I just said it on TikTok. But my videos would not post for two days after that. Andrew Tate fans. We need to eradicate them. And then, do you guys know how to make, how to work Facebook? I don't. I don't know how to work Facebook. And yeah, I'm like a social media guy. I love it. I'm on all of it. But I am also Gen Z. I'm not a prehistoric ancestor of like BC. I don't know what Facebook is about. I never go on there, especially the desktop version. That is like hieroglyphics to me. It's basically writing on a stone wall in a cave in ancient times. I don't bother going on Facebook. That shit's dead. Who goes on Facebook? Except moms who want to start Facebook groups where they talk shit about all their kids, where their kids don't see it because they're not on Facebook. Anyway, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this brand deal with an exciting brand and they wanted me to send over my Facebook business URL. And technically I do have Facebook because I just post my TikToks on Facebook and then I leave. I don't, I, all I do is hit plus real post caption, add the tags, uh, post leave. I have 10,000 followers on there. I don't know how I gained those. I never check. And it took me three hours. I'm not kidding you today to send them that URL, just a fucking link because I couldn't find it. And then my manager told me it should be easy. But then I was like, okay, can you try and then tell me how to do it? And he couldn't figure out how to do it. And then they were like, no, you have to do it on your desktop. So I wasted like an hour trying to do it on my phone. Then I tried to do it on my desktop and my computer won't load and crashes. And then I go to my other computer and that one crashes. And I just felt so horrible and incompetent. And I was like, they're never going to want to work with me again if I can't even do the simplest task of sending them a link. And it was taking me three hours. I eventually sent my manager a text that said, I'm going to shoot myself because I cannot get this fucking link. Imagine not being able to do the most easy task and how frustrating that is. It was giving me the same feeling when you're in math class and you just don't get it and you want to start crying. It was awful. Oh my God. But did you guys see I was in a commercial? Yes. I am in the new Dodge commercial. The car, people. Um, it's for the new Dodge Hornet. It's a very... I don't know much about cars, but I think the way they were describing it is like it's a sustainable, but also like high power, like kind of like intense car for the average person. Like you kind of feel like you're kind of masked and grizzly in the car, but it's like moms can totally buy it too. It's like fun. And you guys should buy a Dodge Hornet. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But I am in the commercial because I did a TikTok for them where I was talking about hornets. And I was like, oh, my God, swarms of hornets are going to come to America and kill us all. And I was basically spreading hysteria about hornets. But that's what they wanted me to do because I'm this, like, pop culture newsy guy. So they were like, all your followers will believe in. They'll buy into it. It'll be so cool. 
And then they were like, oh, can we use a clip of you saying, what kind of world are we living in for our commercial that you said in your TikTok? So there's a guy in the commercial holding his phone and I'm on the phone. Just my face is on the phone and I have one line and I say, what world are we living in? <laughs> and I think it's so cool. It's a really professional ass commercial. So I'm a commercial hoe now. I heard Petty Pop Culture does car commercials in Japan. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my resume. But it was super cool seeing myself on the small screen in a commercial. Um, I showed my dad and he was like blown away. I was like, guess what? I'm in one second of a Dodge commercial. And he thought it was the coolest thing ever. So definitely go check it out. Uh, it's the Dodge Hornet advertisement. You can find it on YouTube. I'm there like in the second half. You'll see a reporter like screaming and running and then I'll be in like the next shot. But yeah, so that was really exciting. And I hope this weekend is good. I have some daunting tasks that I have to do. I have to like perform well for this one brand on a video we're going to shoot. But I, I'm a little nervous about it, but I know I'll do well. I am not going to let myself second guess myself. I'm not going to let myself not work well under pressure or feel like I'm going to fail. I'm just going to tell myself I was born to do this and I will be confident. I will be myself. And I really just have to act naturally because I was someone who was born to do this. So I just need to act naturally because that's who I am. And there's no reason to think I'll do bad because I'm that bitch. Period. I'm going to do good and this brand's going to love me and they're going to hire me again. So yeah, my weekend has been testy. Ew, testy. Like a testicle. It's just been testing me. My day today started off real bad and I was like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. But I don't believe in bad days. I believe in every day is a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit of anxiety inducing, a little bit of easy and fun. Every day is a mix of everything. You just have to really choose how you let it go. So I'm not going to let myself choose to have any bad days. So I'm glad that my whole Facebook die, uh, my whole Facebook saga this morning didn't make me drive off a cliff. Anyway, let's talk about what one of you would like to share with the class. One of your peers who are degenerates having a wild life. Uh, I'm calling to the front of the class. Wait, should I pretend to do the reaping at the Hunger Games? Primrose Everdeen, I'm going to reach my hand in this glass bowl and pull out a name. Emma Leah. Emma Leah, you guys. Welcome her to the front of the class. She is one of your peers who listened to this podcast. And she sent me an amazing story about some drama that's going on in her life. So let's just get into it. Now, Emma Leah, she told me that it is totally okay for me to say her name say her at go go check her out wait let me go look at her at oh her at is hi emilia uh emilia girl you're gorgeous you're beautiful you're a supermodel thank you for listening to the pod you slay i'm gonna follow you back right now okay so here's her submission let's rally around her and eavesdrop on one of your peers dramas so i have a friend let's call her maggie Maggie is my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend. Okay. So you're friends with your boyfriend's brother's girlfriend. So you're like a group of four. We were very close and we did a lot together. 
due to the fact that we were always around each other because our brothers are boyfriends. That'd be, that'd be so fun, especially if the brothers get along so well and they have a really fun vibe and you like the girl. That could be like a really fun friend group for life. I'm kind of envious of that dynamic. But I could see it going real bad if someone slips up. Our relationship started kind of rocky because my boyfriend and her had a past. Briefly, but nothing crazy. Oh, wow. So your boyfriend and her, who was also dating his brother, had a past. So she just sounds messy from the start. For a while, I would consider her one of my best friends, even though there were some red flags in our relationship. She loves drama and loves to talk about it with anyone who will listen. (laughs) Literally me. That's why I have a podcast where I talk about drama to anyone who will listen. She would talk bad about my friends to me and vice versa. Ooh, that's not funny. I ignored these red flags because she was funny and I loved being around someone who made me laugh and that I had a good time with. See, I I so feel that. I ignore red flags in friendships if the friend makes me laugh and is funny. It's kind of like having a friends with benefits, if that makes sense, but you're not having intercourse with the person. You're just getting the pleasure of laughing and having a great time, but you know deep down they're probably not the best friend and uh, maybe not the most reliable best friend, but you get the benefit of laughing with them. I've definitely felt that before with friendships. This was until the night of the Super Bowl. Ooh, T. Mind you, all four of us were there. Boyfriend, me, boyfriends, brother, and Maggie. We don't have to get into what happened exactly because it's a long story, but to sum it up, a situation between me and my boyfriend took place and she couldn't keep her nose out of it. Ew. She kept trying to interject and explain to me how I was wrong. And I, and after I repeatedly asked her to just let me and my boyfriend handle it, she just wouldn't quit. I hate when people do that, especially say it's in my relationship, because I, I understand you're trying to be a good friend. You're trying to help us come to a conclusion. But if you're not in the relationship, you don't know all the details. You don't know the situation and the dynamic that we have and what's truly going on. So stop trying to meddle and be some mediator if you're not. Oh, so annoying. Um, It ended in screaming at her face, telling her to shut the fuck up. Ooh! Ooh, girl, you got in her face, yelled at her? Two days later, I got a text from her demanding an apology about the way I blew up. I understood and I apologized. I think it's big of you to apologize. Uh, I think you're a real one for that, Emma. You're cool as hell. But at the same time, I don't blame you for trying to put her in her place a bit. I guess I understand how it can come off abrasive to someone if you get yelled at. But at the same time, if she's really meddling that intensely and downright being disrespectful, you had the right to say something. So I wouldn't feel completely bad about it. I feel like you handled it well, though. Uh, You continued and you said, I understood and I apologized. I told her I shouldn't have screamed at her. And I need to learn how to manage my emotions better in a high-stress situation. She went on to tell me how I wasn't doing my job as a girlfriend. Ugh. And this was just my breaking point with her. Oh, my God. She sounds narcissistic. It's giving know-it-all. It's giving she kills the buzz every time she opens up her mouth because she thinks she's better than everyone else. Like, she, she just knows what's right for everyone, how everyone should act. And even after you apologize and kind of, like, given your pride and ego a bit to her she still just wants to keep going at you like you're not doing your job as a girlfriend girl take the w i apologize move on i just want 
to do what's best for me by distancing myself from her. Yeah, I totally agree with that. She sounds tox AF. But there's not much I can do because she's my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend. I decided that I would stop hanging out with her on my own time and only see her when I had to. I also slowly stopped responding to her TikToks, texts, and ignoring her calls. She told one of our mutual friends that I've seemed really distant lately and that she has no clue why. She is the type of person that no matter how hard you try to share your perspective, she cannot see outside of her own eyes. Yeah, that's definitely the vibes I'm getting from her. Literally pinpoint exactly those are the vibes I'm getting from this story. I feel like I am making the right decision, but at the same time, I don't have many friends and would like to keep them if I could. I have just came to all of this realization that the friendship isn't good for me. Maggie and my boyfriend's brother also have a very toxic relationship. So she's the one that I would tell when me and my boyfriend had something going on. As you may know, toxicity bleeds onto others. Me and my boyfriend have both noticed that since I stopped talking to her, I'm a lot more calm and less controlling of his whereabouts. I want to better myself and I feel like I should do that without her in my life. Ooh, Emma! First of all, thank you for the tea. That is a wild situation. This this group of four that you have and her kind of having her finger in every single person. Ew, wait. Not having her finger in every single person. But having her fingers in each of yours drama because of her boyfriend and your boyfriend and you being her best friend. She's definitely the toxic member of the group who has kind of ruined this magical potential dynamic that I was just talking about. And this is a really hard situation because you say you have an amazing time with her. You laugh so much. You can get along great and it can be magical. And I definitely have friends like that, but that I would never want to give up. Plus, it'd be so easy to just be her friend because you are in that same group. But you think she could potentially be making your daily mood worse and affecting your relationship with your own boyfriend. Plus, it seems like her and your boyfriend's brother are already having issues of their own. This sucks because I see a lot of potential in this girl to be a good friend and be a good friend group member and a good girlfriend, but it just seems like her ego is a little out of touch and cannot admit when she's wrong and see how she treats people and maybe talks to them. It's, it's almost like you just wish you can shake someone and be like, go to therapy or can you please just realize what you're doing wrong so I can enjoy you for all the good parts of you and you can just make this easy. So that's a really hard situation. I think because all of the benefits that she does bring you, you shouldn't completely cut her out of your life. And I think the solution to all of just just because of how much potential she does have to be a great member of this group and a great friend, I totally agree with you of you're not one to want to lose friends. I never want to lose friends, especially one who can have that banter with me. It's so special when you have a friend with chemistry. So I don't want you to lose her necessarily either. No one's perfect. And maybe if you just have a conversation with her where you tell her how you feel she talks to you sometimes, how she medals in your relationship and you can say in a nice way some way her overreaching and overpassing of boundaries could have a negative ripple effect on your relationship if an outside source is bleeding in a little bit of toxicity in there don't say it like that but i think trying to have a really calm level-headed conversation with her will hopefully be able to get through to her and just make it seem very serious and like approach her in a way where you're saying like I love you I want us to have the best vibe but maybe standing off a bit of my relationship would be for the best and I know you say you want to improve 
your life without her and you're more calm without her. But I think you could improve still with her in your life. Hopefully she'll act better after you have a talk with her. And you can use your interactions with her as a good way to practice having that calmness and stepping into that more zen version of yourself. I totally get the desire to want to cut people off and just totally protecting your peace and everything like that. But I think in this situation that may be protecting your peace a little bit too much. If you cut out your boyfriend's brother's girlfriend, who's also kind of currently your one of your best friends. So I think try having a talk with her. This could work out super good. Hopefully she is receptive. If not, the boundary may have to be a lot further than is ideal. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on Pop Culture University today. I love all y'all. Best students in the whole mother effing world. People who show up week after week to class. Extra credit points on attendance. I literally love all of you so much. Um, literally, if you just put me on your story, I will shower you with love. If you're like, I've been a listener for so long. I just love talking to all of you guys. And I wish I could send you your diplomas, but I've only had this podcast for a year and college takes like four years. So you can't get your diplomas yet, unfortunately. Maybe one day you'll get your doctorates in pop culture like me. But until then, you got to keep attending class. Attendance is mandatory. And shout out to Emma for giving us the tea this week. Emma, that's a really like a crazy story. And I hope whatever I said, even if it isn't the exact solution you are going to use, maybe like change your perspective, uh, made you look at it a different way or just inspired you to like know how to handle it yourself. Emma, Emma Leia. Go check her out. Hi, Emma Leia on Instagram. And yeah, submit your tea to my DMs. You can be featured on the next What Would You Like to Share with the Class segment. But until Tuesday, have an amazing weekend, everyone. I love you all. I'm so tired. I need to get to bed. Rate this podcast five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a cute little review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check out Unfiltered Pop on Snapchat, my Snapchat show. Unfiltered Pop. And yeah, just me plugging all that nonsense. But truly have a safe, amazing weekend. I love you all dearly. And don't let anyone out there this weekend intimidate you, shake you, make you feel unworthy, make you feel unworthy of taking up space, make you feel awkward in your own skin. Don't let anyone intimidate you this weekend. Just get out there and do your thing and shine. And I'll see you for class on Tuesday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.